All right, uh, now we're doing the YouTube thing. Um, this is gonna come out in a few days after recording, after the live. Uh, but uh, this is Brian, and I'm here with Vince. This is Metal Swap Talk, and we're here with Norm again from uh, Psychotic Waltz. Uh, yeah, thanks again for hanging. Oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, Norm, I got a, I got kind of a light intro for you. Okay. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Norm, and he, he can tell you more. Uh, Norm Leggio is an original member and drummer of progressive metal band Psychotic Waltz. Uh, he played in numerous metal bands in San Diego. He worked at and then owned at the legend, uh, worked at and owned the legendary metal store, uh, Blue Mini Records. And he co-hosted the metal radio show on Rock 105.3 in San Diego called Another State of Mind. Uh, Psychotic Waltz are releasing their first album in 23 years titled The God-Shaped Void on Inside Out Music coming out February 14th, 2020. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us, Norm. Oh, thank you. Uh, Norm, can you give us a kind of brief history of Psychotic Waltz, if you don't mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, the band started in uh, 1986. We were called Oslon. And, you know, we started out like most bands, playing covers of our favorite bands and starting started writing original music. And uh, by 88... You know, we did a first demo, self-titled, and uh, that, you know, got traded and sold and passed around the old school way before the internet <laughs> through the mail. Um, and, you know, we ended up, you know, distributing about 2,000 of those, you know, uh, back in the day. And then what happened was there was another band called Oslon that had a hit song, um, mm. and... Even though it was great press for us, we were completely heartbroken. Kerrang! Magazine in the back of their magazine always had like a joke section called The View from the Bar. And so they show this Oslon that has the hit song and then they show us. And at this point of time, we were looking very 80s rock and metal. Um, some of us had big hair, especially me and <laughs> Brian McAlpin. And... Uh, the caption said, Is it true that One Hit Wonders Ozon used to be horrible heavy metal and cut their boring uh, cut their uh, cut their curly beautiful locks to be boring, you know A and R A O R music or something like that? It was something really sarcastic that was <laughs> like you know, we all laugh, but at the same time we we're like you know, this is not how we wanted to get into Kerrang! Because we did mail one of our demos into Kerrang! Like we mailed our Oslon demo tape to every magazine and fanzine or, you know, anyone in the Predator. Yeah, everything. <laughs> just just to, you know, just to get, get people into the band. And so uh, we were really bummed about it. And then uh, we eventually ended up changing the name to Psychotic Waltz. Because uh, we had a song uh, called Sometimes that we changed the name to Psychotic Waltz. But a friend of Devin's named Steve Daniels came to one of our practices and he heard some other song. And I can't remember what song it was, but he was the one who said, wow, that sounds like a Psychotic Waltz. And then later we named... The song called Sometimes A Psychotic Waltz. And then Brian, one practice, said, hey, we should just call ourselves Psychotic Waltz. And it was more like a joke. We were all like laughing that stupid. And we were, went on a tangent like we usually do when making jokes. Um, and then all of a sudden the room got real quiet. And we we're like, hey. <laughs> and we became Psychotic Waltz. And then, you know, we went on to release four albums. Um, and then, you know, after our last album, Bleeding, which was like 95, 96, we disbanded for about 15 years. And, um, then about 10 years ago, we got back together, started doing shows and we've been doing shows off and on for like the last 10 years, basically going out and playing overseas in Europe every two years and at a snail's pace. In the meantime, in between those tours and shows we've been doing and festival appearances, we've been writing a record. Mm -hmm. 
what you heard tonight, the song Devils and Angels, is coming off our album called A God-Shaped Void, coming out on Inside Out Music on February 14th, and that's the first album we've done in 23 years, and that's where we are right now. Are any of those uh, songs that old, or is it all newer kind of songs, or both, a mixture? Um, Well, you know, when we originally... uh, had the idea of getting back together the first idea was to to work on new music so um some of the riffs that you heard on on that song devils and angels um you know the first two riffs were around like 10 years ago and and the song was very different once you know dan and Devin and all of us got into the room together and, and worked it out. I mean, we've done like nine years of uh, pre-production, so we've re-recorded the songs a million times. And, um, you know, Devin living over in Austria, you know, we would work something up, email it to him. He'd email it back, ask us to change some stuff. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it would happen we already be on to the next song so we'd have to go back uh, relearn a song that we built up recorded and played only once like three months ago and <laughs> relearn it and then implement the changes yeah. and then have to go back and try to re-remember what we were working on so it, it took it took a lot of time and uh you know uh we're, we're very happy with the results you've been in a prog band psychotic waltz then in a math metal ba- math metal math metal band, teabag, uh, hardcore metal band Broken Foundation, yes, uh, power metal band Cage, uh, thrash metal band Newcomb, and now back inside a psychotic waltz. When are you gonna join a black or death metal band? If I if I could play fast <laughs> enough, I would, because I love black metal. Um, you know when we went to Europe in the early days um, and all and all this black metal was coming out I I fell for it all I, I loved uh, Borknagar especially I was a huge Vintersorgs fan his voice is incredible um, Emperor of course uh, and yes I was just obsessed with Cradle of Filth um and actually, Cradle of Filth, you know, made me a lot of money at the record store because we were the only store where you could get uh, the first few albums, the, the first few yeah, albums, yeah. and and the the T-shirts, and some of the yeah, T-shirts of were mm-hmm. very, very, very graphic. Um, you know, it was of you know scantily clad women dressed as nuns with their you know everything showing and Titties. and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, those sold like hotcakes, and uh, I was I was really in into that whole stuff. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I you know I think I would look kind of cool in corpse paint. I mean, I'm a huge Kiss <laughs> I'm a huge Kiss fan and King Diamond fan, and I always as a kid always wanted to be in a band that wore makeup. So you know, it kind of a follow up on that um, with all those different metal styles. Do you enjoy the variety? Yeah, I, 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 I do, and they all have their, their challenges. Um, I, I'd have to say the stuff that I did in, in Teabag and Broken Foundation was the most, especially Broken Foundation, was the most uh, challenging and technical music I ever did.
lot to Steve Cox for making me a better drummer because he would program these really intricate parts and I would have to mimic the programming and then I would come up with some of my own parts and a lot of that stuff I I had to, to practice it like five to seven hours a day because I you know in order to play it because it was really fast and it was really complicated mm-hmm. so even as an uh, experienced drummer you still have to sometimes play four hours of practice a good uh, how do you how do you rehearse um well you know things are a little a little different now i i still play drums i try to play drums every day but i don't you know have all the time in the world anymore you know i you know it's it's i'm in a different phase of my life you know i i have a, a seven-year-old daughter so you know he's asking daddy come play with me i'm gonna choose her you know yeah, to go course. play with um but i i try to do a little bit every day but yes i i really feel that if you want to play especially play metal drumming it's 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 a very physical thing i think um i i know for myself not only do i have to practice the songs all the time but i have to spend a, a portion of time working on my technique which I really haven't done that much of as of late, but back in the day, it was like a, a military regiment. I would go to the gym in the morning, work out for a couple hours, go spend a couple hours a day just working strictly on my hand and foot technique, and then run through the songs by myself, then go to band practice and play the songs, you know? And I, I did that I did that for years. I, I, I you know, there was a, a part of my life where I played eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you are a young man who wants to be a good drummer, spend all your free time uh, playing drums, you know, because there's always somebody practicing twice as hard as you. So, Yeah, I can attest to how much Norm practiced having worked with him. Yeah, I... I you know, I, I I love to play drums, and that's what it it uh, what it uh, comes down to. You know, um, I started when I was ten, and you know, I'm in my fifties, and I, I still I still love to play. That's you know what it 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 it, it feels. Whoops! It feels great great to be able to still be able to do this. So yeah, um, the last Psychotic Waltz album came out 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you guys reformed about ten years ago. Um, do you think, you know, working on these songs for ten years is p- going to pay off on this new album? I, I I hope so. You know, I mean, you you can't make everybody happy, but so far, uh, you know, people that have been privy to hearing the whole album that are reviewing it are are very excited about it and um you know there's been some some great comments people have been saying that you know we recaptured the old uh magic there was always um two camps everyone would either say social grace or they would say everflow Mm -hmm. and um you know bleeding and mosquito were were good albums and i'm very proud of those but you know we always have been told by all our fans you know and and there are fans who 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 like bleeding more that was their introduction to the band or mosquito that um you know that but the majority have always talked about those two albums and and people that have heard the new record you know have been comparing it to the the first two um i think there's a little bit of everything from our existence there are songs on there that I listen to. I go, okay, that that could be like a song on Everflow without us rehashing or, or ripping ourselves off. I go, okay, that sounds like something that could be on Mosquito. Okay, that's definitely Social Grace. And there's uh, a song in particular, without giving out the song titles yet, um, there's a song in, in particular that... Um, reminds me of the the Oslan era where we're going way back um so you know we we just we just did what we felt 
mm. you know i i think it's a it's a very honest record and um i think with any music that i've ever been involved with i i've always felt that you know the people that i've been working with are doing what what they are uh, after us uh... Being in a, in a band for so long with these guys and being on hiatus, how do you guys feel as a group um, for the new album? Is it uh, Does it have that old feeling still to you guys, or is this something you guys had to really work on to get that feeling back, or is it something new completely? Um, I, I think it is just kind of like where we, we are now. Um, mu- musically, I, you know, we, we, you know, we work like we always have. A lot of times, you know, the way it always worked is it would start out with Dan and Brian, you know, and then they would, you know, go back and forth and work out parts. And, you know, then they would hand them over to Devin and Devin would come up with stuff or... Devin would bring a song in and then we'd come up with our our quirks and our thing um you know sometimes you know there would be things where Devin or Dan would have a program drum machine part to give me an idea of what what they want and sometimes I would you know keep it and play it a certain way with my flavor and then there would be other things where I just like no I'm gonna do this yeah I hear this you know and um you know, and 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 you know, same thing too. Like the old days, Ward would come in with that, with with that riff that the other guys wouldn't wouldn't think of, and it would base like a very unique song. You know, the you know the Spiral Tower riff off Social Grace was Ward's riff, and there are riffs like that on this album that that are that, and um, you know, so I could say yeah, that that old feeling. And that old vibe was there on how we work, but we had to make it for now. Um, you know, there was there was some crazy stuff like where Dan and Brian would get together earlier in the week, they would record the part, they would show it to Ward and I two days before practice. We'd learn it, we'd try to get a good take of it, we'd re- we'd record it with them then listen to it and then come back the next week. Okay. Can do better than, mm-hmm. you know, and it went back and forth like that. And I, it, there, there was, there was some, there was also some other crazy stuff like the, the tour that we did two years ago. Um, there was a, a groove that Devin didn't really care for. And he was, he, didn't really have an idea for what he was going to do vocally. And we were having a conversation in Berlin after sound check. And I go, what is it that bugs you about that song? He goes, Oh, it's not that it's bad. You know, I, I just, it, it was just this. And then this idea of how to play the drum beat came in my head, but there was no time to go behind the kick because we had to go to dinner and it was, they were going to open the doors of the club. I go, don't forget this beat. Don't forget this beat. Try to play it at Soundcheck. Well, two weeks go by. Every day I'd wake up, try to remember this beat and how to approach the song. And then uh, we finished the tour. I go home. I get behind the kit. I come up with the part. I tell the guys, go, hey, I want to re-record the song. I have something. Then we send it back to Devin, and this was like weeks after the tour, and then he goes, I got something. And then it started the whole process over where we were changing things, and it it ended up being probably like one of the best songs on the record. Do you guys feel like it's another psychotic waltz album, and how does it feel after so, so much time has gone by? Um, yes, it feels like a psychotic record and it feels amazing to be done. Um, you know, it, it took a long time, like I said, and sometimes it, it felt like it was never going to be done, but it, it, now that it's all done and we hear it back and, um, you know, the people that we got to work with to record the album who, uh, tracked the drums and, um, guitars and bass was, uh, Ulrich Wilde. And he did a fantastic job, and we did it at Rarefield Studios here in San Diego in North Park. 
And then Devin did all his vocals himself at Studio D in Austria. And um, there were actually some guitar parts that we kept from pre-production that were done at uh, Dan and Brian's little home studio that they call Rock and Roll Studio. <laughs> Get it? You know, because Dan Rock's last name's Rock and Brian McAlpin is in, in a wheelchair, wheelchair and he's yeah. always rolling. So uh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty brilliant too. You know, and um, you know, so uh, it it and the icing on the cake is that we got to have Jens Bogren uh, mix it and master it, and so it. I personally, I feel that this is like the best sounding album yeah, we've ever great. had. We're 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 just ecstatic about it. So th that feeling is back. We're very pumped, very excited, very proud, and, um, you know, very, very stoked by the positive response. Uh, to get away from Psychotic a little bit, um, you were on a metal show, a metal radio show here in San Diego um, on the rock station called Another State of Mind with Jack. Yes. Um, and you played mostly underground stuff, um, stuff like Creator, Morbid Angel, um, also local bands, you know, like a... Cattle decapitation before they were what they are now, um, yeah. disgorge and stuff like that. And uh, how important is it? Was it for you to to expose, you know, people in San Diego to the underground metal scene? I, it was it was really important. Um, you know, well, f for one, you know, when I took over Blue Meanie Records, when I ended up owning the store. Um, I mean, I basically only knew rock, hard rock and metal. That's all I knew. And so I go, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, specialize in, in this and just, you know, really carry a lot of classic rock, a lot of hard rock, a lot of metal and punk, you know, stuff that I, I dug as a kid. And um, when I had the chance to do that radio show, it was right after metal died off because of the, the grunge thing but yet there was a life after death it's like it became a zombie you couldn't kill and it was coming back yeah. for you and and there was all all these great underground releases that you know mainstream media which was you know there was no internet really um you know people were starting to get emails um but there wasn't like it is now to be exposed to music. The only way that you got exposed to music was going into a record store, hearing what they were playing, you know, on their stereo, or talking to the people that worked at the record store, or going going to shows. Mm -hmm. Which uh, you know the the internet has kind of fucked that all up. <laughs> um, you know, as great as the the internet is, that has brought people closer together it's also brought people further apart it's harder to get people to go to shows uh there's there's harder it's harder for people to be more outgoing um so it was really important that i i remember like century media metal blade relapse necropolis uh, necropolis yeah there. yeah because actually you're the one who brought that to my attention mm -hmm. you're like all this underground black metal stuff's being distributed th through these guys and they're doing mail order. So, you know, I reached out to a bunch of these labels and started selling it in the store. So when we did the show, yeah, we played some classic metal and, and stuff like that. But we, there was just this boom of all these great bands, you know, that are now, you know, big bands. For example, like Arch Enemy was a very yeah. underground band. And I was just in awe of them even before, you know, they had female vocalists. Mm -hmm. They were just a great band and they kept putting out great releases. Who did an in-store signing at Blue Mini? Yes, yeah, they, they did. Had a couple signings there. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had Cannibal Corpse twice. Yeah. yeah. In Flames. Hyrax. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Exodus. Rip. That oh, was before right. you. That was before you, though. Before oh, okay. you were working for yeah. me. Yeah. Nile. Cattle decapitation. Yeah. yeah. That was the vegan barbecue. Yeah. As they lay dying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, there were so many of them. Uh, Agent Steel. Agent. They did, they did a performance. Agent Steel played yeah. live in the store when yeah. they they reunited. Mm-hmm. 
That was incredible. That was that was awesome. Yeah. Hearing Masters of Metal, uh, you know, being played right in the middle of your store was like, <laughs> oh, this is just incredible. That was insane. Um, on ASLM, do you remember? <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> there, there's a lot that I want to forget, uh, no. and there's a lot that I remember. <laughs> do you remember the Tom Warrior interview? <laughs> The which interview? Tom G. Warrior from Celtic Frost. Oh, that was, that was, that was, well, you know what happened with that is Jack was working late night on Rock 105 and he called a week early, a week and a day early on a Saturday. And luckily Jack was there and he answered the phone. He goes, no, the, the show's on Sunday nights and it's next week. So he calls back, um... And, you know, I'm stoked to be talking to him. And actually, we got a copy of his book, Are You Morbid? I mm-hmm. read it all the way through, so I was familiar with it. And um, unfortunately, you know, he was being a little difficult. And there was uh, something that was said, and the mics were still on. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think he heard it. I don't know, but we... <laughs> We'd like get off the air right now, you know. <laughs> so that was that was one that went went kind of bad, and I feel bad about that. Uh, and that that's why you shouldn't get too drunk on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Or playing live, Abbott. <laughs> oh, oh it, you yeah. know, you know, I I think Abbott is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like he should have his own like reality TV <laughs> show. He should. He's pretty funny. Um, I saw some interview with him and I couldn't stop laughing. And but one of my favorite things is when he's playing the festival and he's doing the run like he did in the Immortal video, yeah. the crab and, walk. Yeah, and he's just like running and then he eats it yeah. and he gets up and everyone's like cheering and it doesn't even matter. He pulls it off. So, um, as for Psychotic Waltz, uh, what are the band's um, plans after? I, I, I know I asked you that earlier, but uh, for, for the, you know, after this release, is it, um, you know, start booking some dates, um, some kind of publicity tour? What, what do you got going? Um, well, they're, they're currently working uh, on that right now like our booking agent is so there's definitely going to be some dates i i don't have anything that i can announce mm-hmm. now um you know and we definitely want to go out there and and you know play some new songs and play some old songs and have a good time i i i love playing live that's like my my favorite thing to do um so there is going to be something but i unfortunately i don't have anything that i can announce right now where'd you guys just play the, this last year um, well, October, we did a week's worth of dates, um, and that was right after we did the Prague Power USA. Um, we also played Prague Power Europe, so we based uh, a string of dates around that, and Prague uh, Power Europe was in Holland, and um, we did some shows in Germany, and we actually played two brand new songs. And uh, one was, and we actually played one new song at Prague Power. We opened up with it. It was called uh, "Pull the String," and um, we opened with that new song in Europe. And uh, basically, you know, we used that to tell everybody, "Hey, we we actually really did finish a record. It it's done. We're you know, it, no excuses. You know, no nothing. All it's in the can." It's getting mixed as we speak. You know, it's coming out in February. We had a release date, you know, to tell people. And then, of course, later on, the internet reconfirms that release date. So, <laughs> um, If you're going to do any shows in the United States, I know of an event called the Metal Swap Meet that here in San Diego that you might want to consider playing. I would be honored to play the Metal <laughs> Swap Meet. Um you know, you, you definitely have to talk to four other people, and I, right. I, I think that would be a really, really cool thing. I, you know, I 
played the one with with you Cage. Did with Cage, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, actually, Nukem played the uh, after, after party. party. Mm -hmm. That was that was a lot of fun. The after yeah. party, it, it was it was like playing like a house party. I um, and that was at uh, the Tower Tower Bar. Bar, yeah, which is just down the street here. And you know that was my first time going there, and. I it's remember, as small as it gets. Oh, and it was like packed to the gills. Mm -hmm. And I remember like as soon as we kicked in, the whole front is just like the whole area is one big pit. And I see someone like take a Paps Blue Ribbon, shake it up. <laughs> it shoots up in the air, gets up on the bar, jumps off the bar, dives into the pit. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> we should do this every month. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That place is incredible. Um what about uh, with Nukem? You guys have played uh, with Megadeth, Scorpions. Yeah, Exodus. yeah, yeah. Nukem has um has had a a great run of uh, you know, playing with pretty much you know any time a thrash band has come to San Diego, we've usually been the the band that um has opened for them, and we're we're very very happy about that. It's, it's a fun band to play in, and you know definitely. When you hear the sound of that band, there is no doubt that it is a thrash metal band. Yeah, there's something to be said about something being so straightforward like that. You know, I can't, I don't want to say, you know, psychotic while throw, when you throw somebody into Prague, that's kind of like where you throw bands that you can't categorize at all. Mm -hmm. But there's something to be said about a thrash band. I mean, it's like unmistakable. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, psychotic, you know. I don't know. You know what I mean with Prague? You can't. That's kind of where you throw bands that don't really categorize. Yeah, a little bit more experimental. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I could I could see us being um, experimental. But you know, speaking of the Prague thing, you know, when we played Prague Power, you know, that day, we we were actually the the heaviest sounding band. <laughs> you know, because yeah. a, a lot of the the Prague stuff, you know, was this amazing musicianship and strong song structures um a lot of it was really cool but n none of it was like very heavy right you know except for when you know demons and wizards went on the next night and that was pretty heavy that's more of the power than the more prog. of the power metal yeah. than you know but um the day that we played there was like a lot of prog bands that you know and i watched a little bit of everybody and i was like wow these guys are all great but we we definitely came off as a, a heavier band um you know they they put us in the prog category but you know if you listen to music we're we're not like really all over the place i i think i think what um puts us in that category is the big emphasis of melody and we're, we're very musical well i think before you guys were a little bit more ahead of the time where you maybe couldn't categorize you guys so much, maybe that's where I I can see that too, you know. Yeah, that's kind of like the that's the bin you put. We don't know what that's called. You throw them in there. Yeah. Well, uh, we 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 got a lot of that in the early days, you know, when um you know you know labels would hear us like we don't know how to categorize these guys. What are they? Yeah. You know. That's nothing wrong with that yeah, and and you know and what's funny it brings back a memory is like when we used to play uh hollywood back in the, the late 80s early 90s and we'd go do shows up there and we'd go up there a couple weeks before the show and pass out flyers on the strip the one question that we always got asked are you glam or are you thrash? <laughs> that was like the only two styles of like hard rock or metal in the LA area. And we we're like, well, we're just what we are. You know, we didn't, we didn't even know what to categorize ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, especially in those times. We just said, oh, we're a metal band. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's what, what I think. Yeah. I would still consider you guys or as a, a metal band. Yeah. And you, Back in the day, you toured with like death metal bands and like like didn't you tour with Death? Yeah, we did. We did some shows with Death. Yeah, um, in Europe. So you were just you toured with you. you it wasn't back, back in the day. You weren't touring with just bands that sounded like you. No, we didn't. And a matter of fact, the very first tour we did, um, we played a festival in East Berlin, and it was we it was us, Paradise Lost, Morgoth. Entombed, morbid angel, and gore headlined. Wow, man, 
That's quite a lineup. Yeah, and you know, I was in awe of Morbid Angel because I never saw a drummer oh, play man. like that when I saw Pete Sandoval, and um, you know, that was that was pretty amazing. He's an innovator. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I really really uh, enjoyed watching him play. Um, you've you know been in all these bands. Um, you worked at Blue Meanie before you owned it. Um, for many years, um, you did the me- metal radio show um, here in San Diego. You've promoted shows in San Diego. Um, so you've always, as far as long as I've known you, had a very big part of the scene here in San Diego. And I just want to speak for everybody and say that I appreciate that. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, you know, metal is. Uh, been in my my blood from day one and you know i i love love this style of music regardless of the label if it's prog you know thrash whatever i i you know i'm a fan of this music and um you know that part of my history is something that i've always cherished you know that i got to dabble in a little bit of everything because you know we were we were doing shows that were blue mini records presents where we would rent out brick by brick and then you guys put a like a San Diego metal fest and combined to show double tours um, we 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 did uh, a, a thing called San Diego metal where it was at Soma and it was cattle decapitation that headlined it and there was disgorge it was warface and it was teabag Mm-hmm. You know, so there was stuff like that that we did, but um, there was uh, a couple shows where Blue Meanie presents the show that had Hate Eternal and Arch Enemy, where we did the in-store with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a that was my show. I put that show on. I you know I put the money up for that show back then. I you know rented out the venue. I paid the promoter. Um, you know, you were set up the in store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was us mm-hmm. and me and Hendo that did mm-hmm. that. You know, we were partners on that, and we we did. We also did uh, Creator at Brick by Brick one time yeah. like that, mm-hmm. and there was an in in store. Um, I think that was Creator and um, Nile. No Polish death metal band. Vader. Oh. Vader. Was it Vader? And that's when Doc was still Oh yeah, alive. And they did the in store. They did the in store and they were they were they were amazing. They smoked out the back room, remember with yeah. all the cigarettes? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, that was you know, we we were we were part of that and that was really cool. Uh also, you know, Jack and I did the the one show at Brick where it was Morbid Angel and Deicide. That was mine and his show. Morbid Angel and D-Side show, and um, yeah, that was a show that I partnered with Hendo, but Hendo said, hey, okay, with this one, let's say Jack and Norm presents. Let's call it that, Another State of Mind presents. And um, that was that was an incredible show. You got Zyklon play too, right? That's right. How could I mm-hmm. forget that? Yeah, because that, that was an incredible album, that that first Zyklon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was called World of Worms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that... Morbid Angel Deicide show at Brick. You'll never see a show like that again at Brick. A lineup yeah. like that? Yes. I mean, yeah, those things were days where there was two or three kind of headlining bands are gone. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, is that that was the original lineup of Deicide, and that was also Morbid Angel. Mm-hmm. Hoffman Brothers were still... Yeah, yeah we're still yeah. playing, and, um, you know, it was also Morbid Angel with, with Pete, Pete the yeah. Feet, Sandoval mm-hmm. still... Uh, Still playing drums for them mm-hmm. before and, the David Vincent reunion. Yeah, and Eric Rutan was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah so good show. Berserk- that was an amazing show. Berserker, I, I, did they play at that time? They they were actually a, now I'm remembering is Berserker, Zyklon B, and then DSI, then Morbid Angel. That was the show. Yeah. It was a four band yeah. bill. Good memory there, Vince. Yeah, I forgot about Berserker. Yeah, I did too. The they wore the mask. Crazy and everything. drums. 
Yeah, Remember that, how fast that guy played? Yeah, yeah. that was gnarly. <laughs> it was it was like almost too fast. Yeah. It was just like whoa. Yeah, it sounded like uh, everyone's like, oh, it's sped up. But these days, like, sound like a CD skipping mm-hmm. or something. It was it was so so quick. Yeah. Oh, you know who else was on that? Going back to the arch enemy hate eternal show. You know who else was on that? Was uh, always oh, basic origin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted that show. That, yeah. Origin opened the show on that. And I, I remember, uh, you know, because that was Derek Roddy playing drums, and, and they did the in-store, and, you know, I drove them to the, the in-store, and I remember it was really cool to pick Derek Roddy's brain, and, you know, John Longstrength, too, talking to him. I With Origin, yeah. I remember seeing, at that to- point of time, seeing those two drummers, like, wow, the, the bar has been raised you know so yeah i mean they're all kind of building off of pete sandoval right yeah 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 he he kind of started it and it just kept getting crazier and crazier yeah who was probably influenced by lombardo yes you know i would say so well you know my the first the first time i saw morbid angel um was in europe and i i talked a little bit about how we played how psychotic waltz played with them uh in East Berlin and the first time we played with them on that same tour was at Dynamo Festival and I, I hadn't heard of them and I remember seeing this huge double bass Ludwig drum kit with a giant Gibraltar rack cage it was, he had stuff over him with a mounted upside down cross and gleaming chrome <laughs> right over his drums in between his cymbals and I remember like going up to him and I'm seeing him warm up and I'm like hey is this your kit or is this a rental kit because my my first tour of Europe I was very heartbroken with all the rental kits that I got because they were just complete beat up turds and you know I me being a gear snob I had a really nice drum set back (laughs) home and you know after that tour of course I pulled the whole rock star move uh, we have to ship my own drums over. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing with it. Little did I know that there was great rental companies that had backline. I wish mm-hmm. I would have found that out sooner. And um, I remember grabbing my friend uh, Hopper, who financed the first Psychotic Waltz record. And I go, hey, man, you got to check this band out. You know, and I see David Vincent walking around, you know, all buff with a big cod piece on his base <laughs> they're not talking to anybody it, it almost looks like it, it almost seemed like de- like death clock you know it was like comical <laughs> and then uh richard brunel was playing uh guitar with them at that time and he's like run- walking in circles like this warming up and just you know in the sta- zone sta- yeah in yeah. the zone and there's this really nice looking girl following him walking two feet behind him holding his water and then he'd stop and she'd hand him the water i was like <laughs> these guys got it going on man you know and then I, I go get hopper i go hey man i think this band's gnarlier than slayer <laughs> and of course they were on the tour for blessed are the sick and i was hooked you know so i instantly you know had to go out and get get the album they kind of did one up slayer uh, yeah. on that they and they definitely took a page out of the Slayer book and, you know, uh, kind of spawned the modern death metal thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Vince, did you have any uh, gear questions for Norm? Yeah. You, uh, you said you use uh, Sabian cymbals and you are endorsed. By Aquarian Drumheads. Um, I actually, you know, these days, the reason why I'm, I'm playing all Sabian is I, you know, my last batch of symbols that I had that were they were great I cracked a bunch of them and um you know that, that's the problem being a drummer you always crack symbols and you know it gets so expensive you don't have enough money to buy like all of them well I you know as you guys know I work for Guitar Center so I won two contests in a row the Sabian symbol contest for sales guys so I won both contests and I got outfitted with a ton of Sabian symbols and um, I'm really happy with them and that's what I um, recorded the new album with but funny that you asked that 
three weeks before we were ready to track the album, you know, I'm practicing my balls off, you know, hitting hard, getting pumped, you know, get in the zone like, yeah, I'm going to nail this song. I'm going to nail it, you know, and I'm really like laying into it and I'm having a good time and I'm just, you know, visualizing me being in that recording booth and um, all of a sudden I crack all my symbols all at once, like all, like except for like my my hi hats, my splash, and the red, and my ride, and my big crash over here, which is usually the one that I I uh, I crack because I, I I crash ride on that, but the two crashes up here and the two chinas are splattered. So luckily, you know, uh, we had an album budget and the band was able to buy me all new symbols. You know, so yes. Good, uh, it's good timing on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, if you're hearing us, Sabian. No. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying is is what you you should heed my advice. I didn't buy, I since I won the symbols, I couldn't buy the pro coverage, the extended warranty in case you crack the symbol. You you know, you're able to bring it back to Guitar Center and get a Yeah, it is a good deal with the symbols So there. get the pro coverage. If I would have had pro coverage on that, I would have been covered. But uh, I did get the pro coverage on the new symbols that I bought from my work, thanks to my band paying for it. <laughs> you know, so um, when uh, recording, uh, how'd you guys do the drums? Was it uh, sampled from your own drum set? You guys re-trigger stuff? Um, no, we we you know I I have you know nice drums and nice snares, and um, you know we did it. The old school way, you know, those, those what you're hearing is is my my drum sound. Um, we didn't trigger anything. Um, you know, Ulrich is an incredible recording engineer, and he had mics all over that that drum set, you know. And we spent. It was also the first time that we got to have the kind of time to really dial in the, the drum sound that the first day of me being in the studio I didn't even track drums we just spent a whole day tweaking the drums and you know whether you know he was tweaking something on the board or moving a microphone or me working on the tuning um, we spent a lot of time getting the drum sound and you know we spent a, a lot of time with with the performance of it and a matter of fact um ward and i did it the same way that we did it back in the day where we would have a scratch rhythm guitar yeah. to a click track and him and i would track together so if i got a good take i would keep it if he got a good take he would keep it or he would punch in if there's something he needed to fix or you know um if we wanted to combine takes we you know it's a lot easier to do that too but what what you're hearing is what went went down pretty much. and it, it's my my drum tone and my tuning um and i'm i'm very very happy about that and i you know i was also worried about when it was going to get mixed that you know that sometimes happens where they they sound replace everything yeah. and you know they didn't they kept it very organic that's that's the way my drum sound that's the way i sound when i'm hitting a snare or smacking a cymbal or the way i stomp on a pedal all right um thank you all for hanging out with us and watching this video and thank you very much norm for doing yeah, this thank you. You brian know? vince thank you so much for having me on this was fun no, i appreciate fun. it man you're the you know we've been friends for a long time yeah. so this is this is really cool um, check out Psychotic Wallace's new album called The God-Shaped Void. It comes out February 14th, 2020 on Inside Out Music. Um, also, go listen to the new song, uh, Devils and Angels. The video is out now. Do you guys have any other videos coming out? There's going to be uh, two more videos out uh, coming out here. I think the... Soon. I think there's one coming out in December, and then the other one's coming out right before the release. Cool. I think that's what the schedule is. Cool. Looking forward to that. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thank you, everybody. And uh, be sure you um, leave a comment out in the video. Um, if anything's interesting, I'll stop. I'll ask Norm, like, hey, get in there and reply to this. And, uh, and uh, how can you find uh, Psychotic Waltz <laughs> online? Um, well, we have a, a Facebook and an Instagram 
page um and soon there's going to be a youtube channel that they're working on right now cool so yeah and, uh, the old albums getting re-released yes the the old oh. albums are getting re-released um you can still find you know some of the metal blade issued box sets that um uh, you know a few years back metal blade did uh two different box sets um and those are soon you know those will be out of print soon but I'm, I'm sure there's some still floating around but yes the the back catalog is getting reissued on inside out um vinyl i think so i think they're gonna do vinyl too there's vinyl definitely coming out with the new album um you're taking pre-orders yeah we're taking pre-orders right now and um with the uh there's also a digipack and i believe there's like a package to where there's a double vinyl, a digipack, and a t-shirt. Cool. Alright, that's what I'm getting. Cool. Alright, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you later. <laughs>